0: Hello, listeners. This is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening smartly
1: to At At the the Bridge Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea Chelsea FC FC podcast, podcast. although I would describe it as the
2: Chelsea FC podcast.
1: (laughs)
0: What's up, everyone? You're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. We actually have a game to discuss, some positive vibes, and we're going to break that game down, especially that Jorginho quarterback pass for Kai Havertz with a world-class finish. Now, here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. Can we claim that this was the most normal weekend in quite some time as a Chelsea fan? sort of normal i mean there's always news and updates but you can forget them about the new owners there's more billionaires you can ever think of coming out of the works because uh those are already out of date so you can chuck that straight out that news there'll be another five more i'm sure declared when this episode comes to its uh, conclusion it's one of them you just gotta chuck those out you could chuck them out like expired milk you know but two people good segue here two people who don't expire though there are resident co-hosts one is salt and one is sugar they are my co hosts, berth and
1: Chris. How are your weekends? Yeah, not too bad. Which one of us is salt and which one of us right. is sugar, salt, by the way?
0: Salt and sugar don't expire from my quick Google research. And if they do, and anyone has proof of this, then you've had far too much time on your hands lately. <laughs> but all um, so, oh, ones, salty ones, sweeter.
1: I think Chris I has got to be the salty one. Chris has got to be the salty one. Sure. I won't I say that. I'll oh, say it. We, oh, we don't know which it. way
0: around it is. That's a, that's a Twitter that's poll I need to see the result too. Um, oh.
1: Either way. Either way. Um, yeah, I'm good. My weekend was good.
2: Chelsea won, which is
1: relatively normal, as normal as can be. Uh, Chris, how was your weekend?
2: Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I had like a crazy busy Saturday. So I was... I've never been so tired, I don't think, at the end of a Saturday. So Sunday was a lot more relaxing for me. So... The Chelsea win. Decent game. Personally, Sunday league in the morning. It was oh, really you got, okay. Did we score? Did we, Chris? Did we score? Did we score, Chris? Yes, we did.
1: Of course.
0: <laughs> uh, of course. Prolific goal scorers. You've got to be, you know.
1: Well, one of, one of us is. One of us uh, isn't.
0: <laughs> we, we know about your own goal
1: exploits, don't we? Hey, oh, hey. I was good the weekend. I was good uh, yesterday.
0: To be fair, or I did watch Seattle Sounders. Play LA Galaxy three two. I'm happy with that, considering how that season started. Ordered my Seattle Sounders kit. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the MLS. I do enjoy it, and as a Seahawks fan, I support every team that's involved in Seattle. So for me, apart from hockey, do we have a hockey? Oh yeah, we have the Seattle Kraken. I like the Detroit Red Wings. That's a tangent. We don't need to go on though. Uh, but deep breaths because. We worked really hard. I tried here at least to find five things that we learnt from the game against Newcastle. It was bloody hard. But let's check out what happened when we invited Newcastle to the bridge. Oh, here's Habert, ghosting in and finishing
2: absolutely beautifully. It was going to take something special to unlock this Newcastle defence.
0: Chelsea won, Newcastle nil. They didn't need to walk to St James's Park, which I wrongly tweeted out. So I'm glad that the message got to them, going, "Quick, come back! You don't you need to go stay in London." Uh, I got too ahead of that joke, I really did. But um, yeah, we didn't need to walk to St James's Park. That that tweet though aged like milk, really did. Uh, King Kai though he was clinical in the 90th minute. So
1: guys, did
0: you have a good nap
1: for the first 89 minutes of that game? Oh my god, what a terrible, terrible game. I mean, it was just slow. Nothing really happened. There's a few incidents, but nothing no real goal mouth action. Um so the first eighty nine minutes was a real struggle to get it was frustrating. Very, very frustrating and then and then a bit of magic from not only Kai but from Jorginho as well to, oh, to win us the game. Level. What about I think I mean Kai's touch and finish was outstanding like Burkham yes. so I think, yes. I think, I think Jorginho's pass really gets overlooked because it was an outstanding pass. I think I, I put it right up there with his assist for uh, for Tammy against Watford a couple of years ago. It was just as good as that, I think. And to do it in the 89th minute, what a moment! And you know, at the end of the day, it's hard being at Chelsea fan at the minute. Let's not beat around that. Um, so just to get a win was was the main thing, and we did it. But it was it was poor. Oh, I mean, it, as soon
0: as I saw they had a back five, I thought this is going to be a low scoreline. You, you know why they, they came for a point and they nearly got it. I mean, there's so much. This, I've been listening to different podcasts as well today about the game in question. And look, I know about the Dan, was it Dan burn Dan Byrne, yeah. The, and the Kai Havertz incident, should he been sent off? Trevor Chalibur, should it have been a penalty? I think he did his best to give away a penalty. Um, there a other negative. It, it probably is. I don't it's like to admit. I it, think it's a pen. Is, yeah, isn't it? it's one of them. You're like, ah, oh. but we've clumsy. It, to be fair, we we got a bit screwed over by officiating in the League Cup final, so it balances itself out in a different competition. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did miss the majority of the game. I won't lie, but I missed nothing at all. It was poetic almost because you know Kai Abetz, though that first touch as we said Burkamp-esque and the finish. Even more so. I mean, that was levels of Lionel Messi. I've got to say, it, it really was. If he scores it, we all know what the narrative will be. World-class goal, it's Lionel Messi all over. Um, we've talked about the Jorginho pass. Where the, where the fuck did that come from? I mean, that's prime Cesc Fabregas. Kai tooks it away. Poor game, but three three points is three points. Chris, what what did you make of, of the goal? and the? Let, let's go for the other incidents. Maybe the Dan Byrne... Shoulder to shoulder thing. The
2: goal was unbelievable. Um, proof, really, of the confidence level Havertz is playing at. Mm. If you're, if you're not at the height of your confidence, there's no way you bring that ball down the way he did. And it's not the first time he's done that sort of touch. To be fair to him, he he is very good at that touch. There was the one. I think it was Palace away mm. last season when he, he with his first touch. he didn't, took it over the defender's head. So he is capable of that. Um, The Jorginho pass is outstanding. It's the sort of pass we don't play. Mm. (laughs) It took till the 89th minute to play any sort of pass that, percentage-wise, nine times out of ten probably doesn't get there. Overhit. Slightly overhit, slightly underhit. It wouldn't get there. But it's the risk pass that we only seem to do in the last minute. Game was horrendous. Honestly, one of the worst games of football I think I've ever seen. Newcastle defended really well, but offered absolutely nothing on the counter attack. They came for a point. Fair play to them, but my oh God, if you if you're going to set up the way they did, at least threaten the other end, and they they didn't. Um, aside from that Almiron volley in the at the end of the first half, didn't really do anything else. It is a pen. Chalaber's very <laughs> yeah. lucky there. Not. Not only did he foul him once, he fouled him twice. So it, it was like he was trying to give a penalty away. Um, the Havertz, I don't think is a red card. I think a yellow card's right. It, yes, he's jumped. Yes, he's led with his arm. But his arm only goes up as high as it does because Dan Burn's arm hits his arm and puts it up there. They they were both leading with their arms. So I don't think it's a red card. Um, but this this game proved to me that people got really carried away with burnley and norwich we played burnley and norwich and people was like oh no one's moaning about the lack of service now i am because burnley the first half was horrendous again absolutely terrible did nothing it took a reese james solo goal to to break that burnley defense open norwich what norwich are awful But as soon as we come up against a well-organised low block, our our lack of creativity or even attempt to do something purposeful is evident to see, whether it's Havertz, Lukaku, Werner. It doesn't matter who's playing in that forward area. For 89 minutes of that game, you could have put anyone up front in our team. You could put Prime Lewandowski, Haaland, Havertz with the form that he's in no one's getting a goal because we did nothing for 89 minutes. And then Jorginho, the first time we play the risk pass, it leads to a goal. And that's the sort of things we have to be looking at because long-term, we can't keep playing this poorly against low blocks and nicking one nil wins. It it will run out eventually. Well, it has already this season. It's the draws that have cost us anything in the league this season. Mm. And, you know, we was what one minute away from drawing that that game against Newcastle, which with the form they've been in wouldn't have been a shocking result. But at home, if you're talking about winning the league, it is. Um, so that's something we have to, we have to sort out long term the the problem that we have against well organised low blocks because it's it's really really bad.
0: Yeah, I, I, you spot on. I mean, Kai Havertz. I'll bring this up last three Premier League games. He scored against Newcastle, we know. Norwich, a goal and an assist. And Burnley, two goals. He's in form. And it's nice to see one of our £70 million-plus players actually showing up. No names. Uh, one who didn't show up. He, oh, bless him. He's so, he, I, I want him to do well. I do. I do. <laughs> but Timo Werner. Oh, I mean, it was offside because that's becoming a trend. But oh, he, he he just, I don't know. I don't understand the Timo Werner problem or what we're gonna do. I don't know whether it's the league, but if it is the league, then you could argue Kai Havertz should be struggling because Bundesliga, but he's been phenomenal recently. I don't I don't know. I don't what are you seeing are you seeing anything from Timo Werner to suggest that he has a future
1: at this club post this season? Um to be honest, no. Uh, and that's me being brutally honest. I like Werner. I think he does mm, yeah, I agree his work uh, rate is insane yeah, you can never question his attitude or work rate that's one thing that he's got going for him but unfortunately especially against a low block team like Newcastle he's not going to get any real service or any sort of freedom anyway so I, I thought it was a strange one actually playing him um, but I just think the, the league's far too physical for him unless the ball gets played over the top he can't come to feet he can't Ask for the ball to feet because mm. he you can't hold the ball up. Um when he does get the ball, I think sometimes his decision making is far too poor. I think he wants too much time on the ball. Um I mean I just don't think it's worked out for him. I think a move back to Germany would, would be his best option. Someone like a Dortmund, I think, would be perfect. Um but Havertz I think he's a bit more technically gifted for the Premier League and he's a bit more physical, especially with his height. Um, and you he can see he's, he's adapting now, Havertz. Um, I think Havertz is just a, got a bit more of a footballing brain than Werner. He gets into better positions. He—he he, he sort of his, his brain just works a bit quicker than Verner's, unfortunately. Um, in, in a football sense, anyway. So I think that's why it's working out a bit better for Havertz, but it's just not happening for Timo, and it's a real shame, but Sometimes these things just don't work out, and I, I, I think he'll be he'll be off in the summer.
0: Interesting you say about height. I never knew Kai Havertz was six foot three.
1: Yeah, he's quite. I was tall. like, whoa, really? Yeah, I didn't. I, I
0: don't know. I just imagined him to be like under six foot. I, I don't know. Just yeah. Uh, Chris, do you do? You, is there a future for Werner, or is it? His work rate's fantastic, but no, not for us. Let's see what what the market and what we can do with the uh, the market in the summer. No.
2: Mm, yeah. I don't think there's a future. Uh, I do think it is partly the league, but I do think it's partly Chelsea as well. We've got to stop signing players to profile a Timo Werner.
0: Mm.
2: Just stop doing it. it we've, we've done it with him. We've done it with Lukaku as well, to be fair. Stop signing people who can't play with their back to goal. Because Havertz is succeeding because he is good with his back to goal because he's got a, a good touch. He's got good technical ability. His movement's good. He picks up Pockets of spaces where he can't be marked necessarily. Um, because to be fair, there was times against Newcastle where when Newcastle was braver and they stepped up on Havertz, he lost the ball quite a few times with his back to goal. But most teams aren't brave enough to step out into the areas that he goes, which is why he's better suited to the way we play than than a Werner. You put Werner in the Liverpool team, I don't think we're saying that he struggles in the Premier League. Because if mm. you look at if you Diaz. look at the the, the Diaz goal from yeah. from, the, from the weekend, that's Timo Werner all over. A, a, a long ball in behind a high line with very little time between that player getting the ball and that ball being played. At Chelsea, we don't play that way. So stop signing players like that. I, mm. That is the one thing that whoever takes over and whoever's going to be in charge of recruitment, they've got to stop signing players who run in behind because we don't use them so there's no point we are very i mean i would say overly possession based team now we are borderline obsessed with possession without doing anything with it that if you can't play with your back to goal in this team you won't succeed and that's why people like verna struggle so i do think it's it's partly the physicality, I do think he struggles with that massively. But I do think as well, it's he's the wrong man for the wrong in in the wrong team. Just mm. think, it's as simple as that. I'll, I'll put it forth
0: this: uh, how much percentage of the total possessions do you think we had against Newcastle?
2: 70
0: Okay. Yeah, so I'd say seventy-five, eighty. Which seventy-three percent, which is the same as uh, against Burnley. So yeah, we like possession, don't we? We really did, and people moaned about Sarri Ball. I mean, we love Tuckle. No one's, no one's saying that. Before anyone jumps on that bandwagon, no, 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 we love Tuckle. But it's true. We, we do love our possession stats at the moment. Another thing that I found interesting because I didn't know this is, I never knew that Dan Byrne had a missing finger. Does he? Yeah, Sky Sports zoomed in on his hand when um, Kai Habert scored, because obviously the classic. Oh. Player could have got sent off for an elbow. Let's look at the player's reaction sort of thing. And uh, and then someone said, "Oh, it's, they said a gruesome story when he was young. And then someone else just thought, oh, I'll make a joke and put, he's part of the Assassin's Creed Creed. And I was like, oh dear. Oh dear. But um, yeah, it was, it was one of them games where three points was what mattered. We got three points because of a moment of magic. And I said it earlier today, we need to build around Kai Havertz. 100 percent because we need to actually have a system where we pick players for the system and the system should be Kai Havertz. at the moment it could all change i mean it really should but whoever is our new owner the first priority it's got to be re-sign rudiger because he was amazing and he brings that intensity that i don't think i've personally seen since the diego costa days
1: i don't know what you think yeah, I, I think I think it's a Rudiger and it's gonna sound strange, but I just think he's a bit weird. Um
2: <laughs> Like
1: I mean, did anyone say, he did a weird like, I don't that, know what the job yeah, yeah. 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 He, did, he does he, yeah. he does like the weird skip thing and he kicked his leg out at one point. It's like what are you doing? Like are you all right? <laughs> are you okay, Tony? Like but he's he's one of them and it's very rare you get players like that in a squad. Um and and he's just it would be a great miss on and off the pitch. The fans love him and he loves the fans and he loves Chelsea. It's just he is one of the best defenders in the world at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's clear. Um, he he never puts a foot wrong. I mean, since Tuchel came in, how many mistakes has Tony Rudiger made? That is a good point. Uh, wow. And you know, it, I I can't think of any. Now you can look at Christian you can look at Aspera uh, Chalupa. They've all made mistakes. Even Thiago Silva's made a few mistakes. I can't think of the last mistake that Rudiger made. Now, no, no. I'm that, glad I that, can't that, think of yeah, one. Now, that is is impressive. And you, you just think, how old is he now? 29? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 29. If if you get three more years out of him, two more years even, he's going to be at his peak. It, it just feels like he's hitting his prime now. And it's a player that you just cannot replace. That easily, yeah. Christensen you can replace. I think Asprilla you can now replace, but Rudiger you just cannot replace someone like him in your dressing room and on the pitch.
0: Mm. How, how what are your feelings on Rudiger at the moment, Chris?
2: Same as same as Berth. To be fair, I mean, we've we've spoke before about it's how hard it is to replace people off the pitch more than on it. I think Asprilla, that's probably one of the main reasons why he would be difficult to replace, like, Mm. or off the pitch, what he does now, than Mm. on it. (laughs) But Rudiger's doing both on the pitch is incredible. Off the pitch, he's massive in the dressing room. And you're right, Mikey, he does, he's one of of them centre-backs who he manages to get the crowd on their feet from centre-back, which Mm. is, it is such a rare thing to have. I thought, I think probably the last one we had to do that was probably David Luiz. I was going to say that, yeah, because um, there was a there was a moment in the Newcastle game where just nothing was happening and the crowd was almost silent, and then he went on that run where he just picked it up at centre half and just drove forward, and the crowd suddenly got involved again, and I think it ended up with us winning a corner. But it's little things like that that can turn momentum in a game, and to find a centre half who can do that is It's difficult. I know people keep talking about Jules Kounde, and he's not that though. I I just, I don't, I can't think of anyone we could sign where I think, yeah, that that he's got that sort of same character as Rudiger has. I just don't think there's another one out there. No, personality is really important in a player as well. We, I think that's almost brushed
0: over because maybe because of the FIFA culture we're in, where you know, ultimate team, you don't care what they do as long as they don't, uh, you know, screw up. It's just about the stats and personality, especially within the dressing room environment. We wouldn't Yeah, we had the likes of John Terry and Petr Drogba, Lampard, but I think the personalities are what also made them at that level. And on top of that, I think if you didn't have Drogba's passion, I don't think we win the trophies we do during that tenure i think that was a huge contribution so to have a player like rudiger who has that passion that drive that motivation i think we're very fortunate and i hope whoever the new owner is apparently 17 more billionaires have been declared their interest in the last 10 minutes because that's how it seems to be going at the moment uh pick a billionaire they're probably interested um yeah i think we've got to, got to sign him to a new deal hopefully he wants to stay i don't see why he wouldn't but you, you never know he's he's won everything bar a title i believe is that right
1: hope it is um, yeah oh i believe so yeah yeah because the last so.
0: one was under Conte. Conte. Yeah, yeah and he did yeah. know he weren't in that team uh well we've got to defend our Champions league this week um Chelsea, though, they've, they've gone on to progress from 9-11 the 11 ties after winning the first leg. Do you think it's going to be 10 from 12 against Lille?
1: I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, it'll be difficult to win the game, but I think 2-0 is a bit too much, especially with the away goal um not counting that, like just they've got no way goals, it wouldn't have counted anyway. So, I don't know where you were with that. Yeah, wrong. I know where I'm going with that. But, yeah, <laughs> either way, they need three goals, don't they? Um, to win, and I just don't see us conceding three, I don't see us conceding two, so it'll be tough. But I, I, I'm gonna go with the draw, I think, because I think they will probably score, but I think we'll get a draw. So, one, one.
0: Yeah, Lille are an interesting case because they
1: Yeah they, they look look they did
0: score a decent amount against Clem on foot the other week. But I uh, I mean I was looking through how many goals they score. They they don't score a lot. But no. uh, that's being honest. I mean I'm looking, and I'm thinking, all right, they're a good side. They're not like they were last year, but they got thirty seven in the league this season. Mm. It ain't a lot because in fifth place You've got uh, Strasbourg on 50 and then Rennes on 57. The only team that have got same sort of goal ratio is nice in third place with 38, which is still quite low,
1: actually. But... I, ju- yeah. I just think with, with this Lille tie, I think it, it's very much like the Porto tie of last mm-hmm. year, oh, where I think we, we, we- might, yeah, mm. it, just take it for granted a bit. Maybe not be 100% intensity. Lille will want to come out and trying and at least get one and then when they get one back, you know, they're trying to score another. So they're going to be well up for it. We will be up for it, but it's like okay, it's just not concede. I know let's go and win the game. I will bring Chris
0: in on this, but the one thing I'm so glad about is that after the weekend, obviously against Middlesbrough we don't play till April against Brentford because obviously it's the international break. There! The international break's back, so that's going to be a, a special episode we've got to drum up some ideas there um yeah, but uh, hopefully the ownership issues dealt with by then. Because, but two games, I think it's it's weird to say this, but it benefits us financially that there's just two games to sort out. And then hopefully something will have gone and wheels will be in motion. And we won't need to be thinking about the financial implications and walking to Middlesbrough, walking to wherever. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking
2: about Lille and beyond as well? Uh I'll be honest. I'm not looking forward to the Lil game just because I just I think it's going to be a terrible game. Uh, I think if if we assume that Lil are going to come and attack because to be fair they surprised me at Stamford Bridge. I thought they'd be another sort of low block team, and they actually come and play quite an aggressive press. Mm. If they come and do that again, and we we play like we. we did against Liverpool, for example, Yeah. then I think we can beat them quite comfortably because I think defensively, if you, if you exploit the space they leave in behind early, they are shocking at the back. Um, if we go and play slowly, though, and try and have the most possession in the game again, I just think you're almost playing into their hands because if we're trying to play out from the back, and they do want to play that press we struggled in the first leg to play out of their press time after time and we kept trying to do it and i just don't think it's necessary i think we would have a lot more joy if we just played more back to front it may be against whatever you can talk about philosophies all you like but i think this obsession with possession is ridiculous um when you can hurt a team so easily by just playing balls down the side um if we do that then i think we win the game comfortably but i'm sort of i'm i'm on i'm on birth side really i think it could be another porto game where it just peters out to a a nil nil they might nick one in the last minute when it's too late but Mm. i think it'll be just one of them games that just we play nothing really happens and then probably end up being a draw and we'll we'll go but without anything to shout about
0: yeah we know renato sanchez is out with injury he's been a key player in their side the top top uh, assist maker this season Jonathan David he, he's the one to watch because obviously he's the one in the in the league anyway 13 goals the next is Yilmaz on four they also have Hatton Ben Arthur which is a nice little throwback name if you remember him from his Newcastle and shorter spell at Hall I was like oh I forgot he's still sort of playing it's nice to be reminded of the past and how old I am it's always nice I, I think you're right, though. I think it will probably be a boring, a boring game. I've got, it's just blunt as that. It's going to be a boring game. It's going to end one nil to one of the two teams. Simple as that. Yeah, I've, I think we'll be sort of falling asleep again. It, if it's anything like the Porto game, that was our only time we can. Was that Mendy's first time he conceded a goal or something in the Champions League? Was only time he conceded.
1: Uh, it's the first time we can see it in a long time, I think. A I great, think go- quite a great goal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a good goal. Wow. As you can see Lovely strike. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of them. Hopefully, it ends in our favour where, uh, on aggregate, that's, that's what matters, getting into that next stage of Champions League because this is our competition and, you know, we need to prove that we should be there. But will one eye be on Middlesbrough? Oh, mm, you never know. Middlesbrough are decent. Let's not forget that. But that's a game we'll talk about on Friday. Don't need to talk about that just yet. More billionaires to come out the woodwork and announce their uh, interest in something, buying the club. It's like a transfer deadline day, but it doesn't work like that. You don't just bid higher and higher. It's just one bid. And then, yeah, it's well, too much uh, business and politics for me to keep too interested in there. But, yeah, uh, that's pretty much that, that summed up. But with that, we've come to the end Of another episode of At the Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already follow us. You can find us by searching for At at the Bridge Pod. We'll be back for that weekly catch up of the Leal game and looking ahead to Borough. And hopefully, we might have some more ownership news. Hopefully, it'll be a positive pod, though. We're trying to bring those vibes, you know. The last two episodes beforehand have just been, they've not been the greatest mood boosters, have they? Let's be honest. But um, yeah, we'll catch up with you all on Friday evening. So, till then, that is us signing off.